Thank you for listening in to the Business Warrior podcast. Today, we have one of my own mentors and successful entrepreneur and award winner, Dan Hill. I have learned a lot with my time with Dan on his mentorship program, Property Entrepreneur, and it has fundamentally changed the way I operate on both a business and a personal level. Dan doesn't have one, but four successful businesses that he runs. We talked to Dan about his journey in business, as well as discussing the key topic of running your business like a race car and ensuring you don't run into the ground. Dan goes into the various stages that business go through and why success and failure are both highly predictable. We talk about the concept of life by design and how to play to your strengths, outsource your weaknesses and focus on your flow state for a life of purpose. Finally, we talk to Dan about his three key lessons learned in business. We think you're going to get a lot of value from this podcast, so sit back and enjoy. Welcome, Dan, and thank you for being here. How are you doing? Very, very well. How are you, Akash? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday, and I'm looking forward to the weekend. Good man. Um, Dan, before we get started, I just want to congratulate you because I know you and a few people have just completed a half marathon, which is amazing. Uh, and you did it for charity. Can you just tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so last year we launched what we call uh, our gap. Basically, we've been in business for a while and we started doing charity. We wanted to do more charity stuff and we were looking at starting a charity or creating a foundation. And uh, the, the paperwork, the red tape is just ridiculous. So what we launched last year was our our charity arm, if you like, called Get Up and Give Back. And the objectives of that is to promote physical and mental well-being in entrepreneurs. Obviously, you know how you have to be on your A game. You're like a professional athlete. You know, to be in business, you need to be on your A game. So promoting the physical and mental well-being in entrepreneurs whilst simultaneously raising money for charitable causes. And loads of different reasons why we did it. But we, this year, we partnered with Operation Smile and we set the target to raise the largest uh, single donation that they'd ever received at 54,750. And uh, yeah, over 13 weeks, 50 of us trained to run the half, 5, 10K, 5K, 10K or half marathon. And uh, two weekends ago, yeah, we, we smashed it. We, we raised the money, uh, smashed the run. It was literally amazing. It was, um, yeah, life-changing experience. It was, it was very, very good. Incredible. How much did you raise in the end? Well, our target was 54,750 and I haven't checked for the last couple of days, but I think we get, I think we've cleared now 74,000. So I think we've cleared our target by about 20 grand, which is just crazy. Like in 13 weeks. That's incredible. And, and on top of the, the money that you've raised, have you ever, have you ever kind of run the way you did before? Have you trained to run like you did in this? Yeah, I definitely can't take a huge amount of credit because I'm, I'm, I've always been into like fitness. I've run the London Marathon. I've, I've had a fair amount of experience. Some of the guys, all of these guys are on our property entrepreneur programs. They're all property entrepreneurs. And they range from being in their sort of maybe mid-20s up to, you know, people who haven't exercised for 20, 30 years. And all of them got involved. And it was, honestly, it was amazing. Like, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. So, some of the guys, Kevin Edge, uh, Sebastian, they, they end up crossing the line sort of I, I crossed the line with Kevin Edge uh, wow. and like, you, know, you know Kev and like if you'd have asked Kev to run a marathon a year ago two years ago he'd, he'd have thought you were mad he's like grabbed it by the horns absolutely smashed it so and like literally like been a life-changing experience for lots of the runners and some of the guys who like haven't run for, for decades 
got involved, literally, they just dragged themselves through the half marathon, got themselves across the line. It was like the most amazing experience. I'm very proud of like, all of them. It was, it was amazing. Incredible, Dan. Hats off to you. And it's amazing what you've done to bring people together and do it for a charitable cause. So uh, incredible. I appreciate it. Thank you. So look, we've, we've kind of jumped into that because I thought that was a, it was really uh, amazing what you did there. But let's talk a bit about Dan and, and, and who you are. Um, just tell us a little about yourself, Dan. Yeah, so my name is Daniel Hill. Uh, I'm the chairman of uh, Pulse Trading Group and the managing director of PPN UK. I've been in business, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been in business all my life. Um, we've started about, I don't know the actual numbers, probably about 20 companies to date. And uh, 16 of those are still trading today. They range from small, um, low cost, low overhead, high margin startups up to um, national, international, multi million pound uh, organizations. So, wherever you know, wherever people are on the spectrum, we've, we've built businesses in different sizes. I focus now in property. So, PPN UK is the property group that we, we run. And the main brands that people will be familiar with is our investment company, PPM Portfolio Builder, our portfolio management company, Multilet UK, um, Property Entrepreneur, our business in property training program, and then Manor House Developments, which is our uh, build to rent to sell high density uh, scheme development company. So yeah, I do business, property development, investment, training, all those sort of things, really. Awesome. And you've, you've, you've actually won an award, haven't you? Yeah, we've like very fortunate. Won won six industry awards over the last six years, and the sort of two most um, significant for me, really. I won. I always wanted to win Young Entrepreneur of the Year because one of my sort of mentors won it. So that was my like initial drive as a youngster. Uh, won Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2013, and then obviously you know I wanted to go one better, so I was aiming for Entrepreneur of the Year. And very, very proud in 2018, I was awarded uh, Entrepreneur in the Year for building, building PPN UK. So, yeah, won a, won a couple of awards. Awesome. So it sounds like, you, you know, you're really into your business. How, how did you get started in business? How did you realize that business was the thing that, that you love or the thing that you want to do? Um, I've definitely always been an entrepreneur. So literally at school, I was, do you remember Pogs and Slammers? yeah. So I was playing Pogs and Slammers at school and I'd win the Pogs. I'd get really good at playing Pogs and Slammers and I'd win the Slammers off people, stick them on my briefcase. And then after school, I'd like trade them back for things like calculators or cash or sweets or whatever. And then the next day at school, I'd win them back and sell them. And then I like, opened up like a Pog shop, like always have been entrepreneurial. So I've always like, been like that. And then with regards to business, I've always, I've been self-employed all my life. So since I was like, well, I've always been self-employed. Um, and I was on the buildings for a few years doing like hod carrying, roofing, dry lining. Floor screening was the worst. Like that is a horrendous job. It's really? like, yeah. We used to say that you should do, have to do that for community service, not for, you know, not for a living. And uh, I just did that for a few years and just realised that, well, I realised the harder you work, the more you got paid. So the more gear that I could get out, the more, you know, more money I'd make. But also I didn't want to be doing the grunt work. I wanted to, work my way up and be the guy that was developing and acquiring and building the properties, not actually physically building them. So I did that in 2000 and went into, moved out of the clothing company and about the clothing and events company in about 2011 and then went into property in 2012. 
I just I just like being an entrepreneur. I like choosing my own challenges. I like grafting. I like the freedom. Yes, I like working from home. You know, I like just doing my own thing. Yeah, we'll we'll come on to that because I think you you really have built your life as you've designed it. But before we get there, one thing that we we talked about when we was on your property entrepreneur is both success and failure are both highly predictable. Yeah. Um, can, and you've been through quite a few of your businesses, so you've seen the stages that your businesses goes through. So can you just talk about that saying and in, in, I guess in, in in conjunction with the stages of a business? Yeah, honestly, like it's uh, I think people look. I think in the early days, you look up and aspire to be those people who are the high performers in your industry, whether they're health and fitness or finance or whatever. You know, the people that you aspire to be, like academics, and you think that they've got, they've cracked the code. They know this secret algorithm. You know, the magicians, entrepreneurs are magicians a little bit, but um, you think that they've got this secret algorithm. As you become more, more more developed and experienced in it and also now that we've trained other people in it what you realize is that this the whole thing is all a game like you you and i and everyone can literally do or have or be or create absolutely anything they want you just have to like learn how to do it you just have to know how to do it which is the predictable bit and then you have to actually execute and the reality is most people all of us actually struggle with the execution and it's like execution is everything. The, the game is a, like a board game. You can open a book and you can learn the rules. You can watch other people play and see how they come up with different tactics. You learn and study it. And then the reality is how well, and I'm not saying how hard can you work, I'm saying how well can you execute? How effectively can you execute? The best one for you and I would be RNT Fitness. When I say success and failure are very predictable, Akash, who's my nutritionist and personal trainer, who was yours, was he? Yeah, that's right. So he, he trains us for our uh, fitness and well-being and nutrition. And he gives me a spreadsheet and it's got like 12 boxes on for the week. And if I get to the end of the week and I've eaten that and I've done those miles and I've done those steps and I've lifted those weights, at the end of the week is success. If, however, on Tuesday I didn't eat my meal plan, I went to the pub instead of doing 15,000 steps and I had a Mars bar in a, in, you know, on the road or whatever, you get to the end and you don't get the results, but like success and failure are very, very predictable. You just need to know the blueprint to make it work. Yeah. Do, do you think that kind of comes with experience? Um, I, th- I think you, did, you already kind of mentioned that because people getting started out on midway through, uh, they, they might kind of see it differently. So how do you think you get to that knowledge? Well, it's, it's out there. You know, yeah. everything I've learned, I've learned from somewhere. There's very... yeah. I'll take other people's best practices and create some of my own stuff. But, you know, I wanted to know how to invest in property. So I went on Simon Zucci's mastermind program. Within a year, I learned every single strategy going. I learned how to buy a house. And I did 18 deals in the first year. It's like the information's out there. You just need to download it. The, the, the thing that comes with experience is the execution, I think. You get better at picking up habits. You get better at discipline. You get better at focus. I was in the gym this morning. I was thinking, I'm at a stage now where I'm really starting to pick these habits up and I'm getting some good results, things like that. And also, I was looking at other people who are perhaps a few years behind me who are really badly out of shape. And the things they're trying to learn is like not to eat junk food, uh, to do steps, to actually get up and go to the gym. The more You get better and quicker and faster at executing, but the process of it is, is highly predictable, like highly, highly predictable. 
Yeah, I think Sylvester Stallone said something similar. He was like, the older you get, the smarter you train. And I think that's a similar story for me because, you know, like other people, I've been training my whole life and I never really got the results I got. But then it's, it's kind of people with like Akash um, that I trained with as well. The older I got, the smarter I trained. And I've, I started getting results at the age of 30, 38, you know, not at the age of like 26 when everyone else can get it. So I, I kind of believe in that accumulated experience and the older you get, actually the smarter you get. So you can execute, you know, t- to a higher degree. So that, that's great. When I came to a property entrepreneur, I was working at a company called uh, Lifestyle Property People. And uh, at that point, I wanted to create the biggest, baddest business that could fly to the moon and kind of come back. Uh, and you kind of, you, you take, you, you grounded me really well and you actually changed my perspective on it and said, do you really want that? Do you want to talk about the kind of phases a business goes through, um, you know, from the beginning to kind of like, I guess, a performance business and just what they entail? Because you've been yeah. through them, right? Success and failure are very predictable. It's very clear what stages, what, where the businesses, the different stages they go through. And the most important thing is that you, you go into with your eyes open to understand what it entails. So the first port of call is what we, in, this is in property, is the landlord level. And this is where you take a leap of faith, you go self-employed for the first time, and you think, oh my God, am I going to be able to survive? And you're doing everything, deal sourcing, maintenance, um, lettings, uh, collecting rents, you do literally everything. But, and whilst it's hard work, it's all-encompassing, you can't take a couple of weeks holiday without being disturbed, you know, it's absolutely all-encompassing. You're like, you own your own destiny for the first time. You answer to yourself. You don't have a boss. You know, you work twice as hard for half as much most of the time. But you're in that amazing space where, you you know, where you are self-employed. So that's the first phase. And like that, that's the exciting phase initially. But then the novelty wears off pretty quick and lots of small businesses get stuck there. The next stage is the investor level. And the investor level is where you basically leverage your value so for example in property i'm a property investor a developer i know how to develop property rather than do it all myself i leverage people so build a team and then leverage some systems so get a bookkeeper and a bookkeeping software get project manager and use some project management software build those together and create like a nice little lifestyle business and these lifestyle businesses you know they're Band of Brothers culture, it's great fun. You, there's a very grey line between work and play. It, it's your life, you're, you're passionate about it, you're addicted to it, you feel like it's an extension of yourself. You can go on holiday for a few weeks and it really doesn't, you know, the whole thing doesn't really fall to bits. Um, and it's just a really, really, it can be a magical place if the founder's still in it and it can be highly lucrative if you get your numbers right. That's where I'd encourage most people to aim for, really, is that, that lifestyle business. And then about that, that sort of lifestyle investor level business. And then the top level, which is the entrepreneur level, is there's only like 5% of people that will get up to that level. And it's you're, you're, you're highly uh, scalable, highly tradable, standardized, multi-office, multiple teams, multiple revenue streams, real big, high-performance, sort of semi-corporate or corporate organizations really um and there's you know there's a very clear journey between the two you have to what what you need here doesn't get you here and what you need here doesn't get you here the whole thing like a a snake changing its skin like shreds the whole lot to move up to the next level and they're the three three levels you go through really i've been through 
through all three. Um, and what, yeah, there's pros and cons of each. I operate at the entrepreneur level. You know, we've got a head office in Nottingham. We've got uh, seven offices around the UK, six or seven offices around the UK. It, we've got departments, heads of departments, lots of people, lots of overheads. But they're the sort of businesses that I operate in now. Equally, I love the lifestyle. The lifestyle business was my friends, my family, my band of brothers, passion, emotion, you know, want to prove yourself. Yeah, really, really great, great time. So it's horses for courses, really. Yeah. And, and, and I think, um, like I said, when we talked about that, being a creator, which I'll talk a bit more about shortly, is I, I wanted to build a business bag of thing, but when I talked to you, I, had to, I rethought that and I thought, you know what, lifestyle is, is a place where you get a good balance for, you know, because I've got, I've got a family and I've got children uh, and the advice that I need to talking it through with you, I was like, you know what, lifestyle is a good place to be because you can still have a good balance in your life. Um, right? Yeah, most of the thing that drives you to the entrepreneur level is just ego. It's just like, it is just, it is just a chest beating ego exercise that you think bigger is better. Um, and most people, when they start a property entrepreneur, think they want an entrepreneur level business. And once they've done a couple of years and they've mastered the investor level and they realize what it takes to actually break through um, successfully, most either try it, not many have tried it and failed on property entrepreneur. They try it and realize that they don't like it and then they back, they come back to the, the safety zone because it is not, it is a wild or lucky ride, you know, like, yeah, it's serious. Hold on to your seats. Yeah. No, I mean, that's really useful. And I think our, our listeners will, will find that really useful. Um, talking about the kind of lessons learned that I even had, what, when I came to you, me and Shiv, my partner at the time at Lifestyle, we were kind of, the way we ran our business was kind of go, go, go. All year round, it was just, you know, do sales, do marketing, do, do everything at the same time. One of the analogies you use is, is run your business like a race car. And this was a real eye-opener for me in terms of running your business through the seasons. Can you, can you explain, uh, elaborate on that a bit more? Yeah, so th- what we use is the seasons in the business. So it's all a game. Like All of this is a game, and you want to gamify it. And the reality as an entrepreneur is you'll normally be stuck in one, one of four gears, and you really need, in order for a car to be able to accelerate as fast as possible, it needs to go through the gears. So we start the business cycle, start the race, the race with the race car in autumn. So autumn across the bottom, which is October, November, December, uh, winter, spring, and summer. So autumn, the race car comes out of summer. You know, we're going, in, we're in spring now, but coming out of summer, like by the end of summer, that's the end of the race. So you want to have shredded tires, empty fuel, steam coming out of the bonnet. You know, the thing's about to fall to pieces because you've ragged the living daylights out of it. You want to get it into autumn, flick it onto cruise control, and it's still moving, but you're not racing anymore. You're not fresh in the living daylights out of it. You're listening to the engine. You're figuring out what works, what doesn't work, what needs repairing. And then within that, that season, what we do in our business is having looked at what's working and what's not, we spend three months deciding what race are we going to run next year and what we're going to change, what do we want more of, what do we want less of, what do we want to keep. And then at the end of autumn, we say, right, well, next year we want to do X. We want to go up to the next league of racing or we want to go to the lower league of racing, whatever. And as a business, you decide, right, our strategy for next year is to do this. And then in the winter, we take the car, the business into the pit stop. And in the pit stop, we don't race. We don't do sales. We don't expand. We don't go and put the foot on the accelerator. We lift the bonnet and then we work under the bonnet. We fix the engine. 
you know, we change the oil, we upgrade the systems, the operations, the processes. We do all the work under the bonnet for three months, which most entrepreneurs never do because they're too busy exactly. messing around in the fun seasons. You know, you use that time and it's like the, the tortoise and the hare. You, you take the tortoise mentality through the, the winter, uh, sorry, the, the, the yeah, tortoise mentality on the basis that you're, you're going to stop, get fixed up, and then you're going to actually catch this guy up later on because they're going to be too exhausted. Like, uh, go, just going go all guns blazing the whole time. During the winter, stop. And then in the spring, it's all about warming the tires. So you've, you've put new operations in, you've put new systems in, you've put new processes, new engines, new, new tires, everything. If you went and put your foot down straight away, the car would come off the track and you'd crash it. It's the same when you change your business. You launch new operations, new systems, new processes. You need to warm the tires and test them, refine them. Only 50% of it will work. The other 50%, 30 will need to be refined and 20 will need to be sacked altogether because it's wrong. Test that, get it ready, and then as soon as in spring you've got the confidence, put your foot down, and then during spring and summer you just race the race car you sell like you know. You sell like your life depends on it. You scale. You buy businesses. You expand. The market conditions are fantastic, and you go and race the car, thrash it every day like Sabbath, and then by the end of the summer, there's steam coming out of the engine again, and you go back through the back through the cycle. And that's how businesses grow. They grow in a cyclical manner. They don't. The businesses don't grow in a linear fashion. They don't like grow and grow and grow. They grow and then need to be fixed and then growing needs to be fixed they step change and the way you do that is in a cyclical cyclical fashion scale them you know slow them fix them scale them slow them fix them scale them and then eventually it'll get you know well not eventually it's never finished it'll just keep going and going and going yeah i mean i've taken that away and in the mortgage business that i've got with my partner lee we've taken that approach now as well and you know we slow down in the winter we look at what needs to be fixed we we looked at our business plan coming up to the new year and that's definitely something i've, I've taken away with me and I'll, I'll be running my businesses from now on like that and it gives you a chance to kind of recover as a person as well right it's all a game it's like in every season the beginning of winter i'm like Oh, thank God it's thank God it's the winter. I'm bored of autumn. And then you get towards the end of winter and you think, oh my God, I'm so sick of processes and operations. I can't wait for the spring. Now the spring's here. It's like, let's go out, let's do some deals. It's like, you know, let's make a bit of a mess. Yes. Yeah, and it's all a game. It, it gives you a start point, an end point. Your team understand where they are. So they're constantly on the cycle. It just makes it all a game. That's, that, that, that is it, really. Yeah. Awesome. So you, you talk about um, life by design. Um, can you can you explain that concept a bit further for you and what it means to you? Yeah, yeah. So life by design is you want to live your life by design, not by comparison. And it, it, in the whole world now, with social media, it's very easy to follow the the highlight reel of of Facebook or Instagram, where everyone's life's better than you. They're earning more money. They've got less problems. They're better looking because they know how to use a filter. You know, there's all this fake highlight reel that exists you could very easily jump on the treadmill and on the conveyor belt line, just follow your life the same as everyone else. Entrepreneurs do it all the time. They think they need to have the biggest, baddest, best business in the world. The reality is like you need to be more deliberate about it. Don't start building it until your plan is finished. And the way you do that is understand what is your life by design. I'm an empire builder. I like owning things. I like owning 
offices and businesses and having employees and assistants and that's just that is my life by design I like to have those things around me that that suits me really well I like high pressured environments I like growth I like development I like to push myself out of my comfort zone I like to feel under pressure and not yeah under pressure and challenge like that is my life by design and, and I really really like it other people are not like that I've got friends I'll, I'll, I'll get up at ridiculous time in the morning and i'll happily my, my biggest challenge is not working is 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 my biggest challenge is stopping myself from overworking yeah. like i make myself ill like it's like i think it's like alcohol like i like drinking alcohol and having a social and having a party and it fits in with your life and it's good fun and it's reasonably harmless and you know that's really good but if you go silly on alcohol and you start eat drinking it in like inappropriate times you're not having a break it's starting to overcome, it's becoming more of an addiction than an enjoyment, it can create real problems with your life. And the same as business, when you get to become a high performer and you become sort of addicted to this stuff, it's like a hobby that can cause you hurt and you want to understand how to tie that in. That's my lifestyle and how I build my life by design. I love that sort of environment. I've got other friends who are lifestyle entrepreneurs and you know, their life by design is to do three or four days work a week be engaged with it, be passionate about it, be highly lucrative, but they like to have a 20 weeks holiday a year and they like to have three and four day weekends and they like to make sure they're finished by 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That's their life by design. And there's nothing, nothing right or wrong. Like some people will be more attracted to this, other people will be more attracted than this. That is your life by design. The most important thing is you don't live life by comparison. Like mm. if, if you're living this life, but you think, because you know, you're, you know your, your life partner or your neighbour or someone in your family or on your Facebook feeds doing this, you're like, oh my God, I've got to keep up with the Joneses. You, you completely lose all the benefit of being an entrepreneur. The benefit of being an entrepreneur is it's, it's life by design. You, and, and you can create other people's life by design. I try and feed that through my company. So I understand what people want more of, less of, keep, and then I help to build the business to, to facilitate that. So that's the concept of life by design. Yeah. No, that that's that's really useful, and I think uh, the way I kind of just summarise that is that there's people who let life happen to them, and there's people who who kind of design their life, and it, it's as simple as that. And and that's what I do the same thing. I wake up early, and the reason I wake up early is because that's my time because I want to either further myself or further my business. As soon as I hit like nine o'clock, I'm on work time, which means yeah, yeah. that, you know, and so where, where's your time in that? So you have to kind of carve out your time to try and drive your life the way you want. And Talking you, about One of the things we're doing on Property Entrepreneur at the minute is the miracle morning. So we're teaching people how to set up their morning. And we, we talk about exactly that. You get to a point, like up to that point, that's your time to get stuff done. After that, the world's going to take over. WhatsApp, yeah. telephone, kids, family, whatever. That your that side of it, if yours is nine a.m. My, mine's eight a.m. Well, in fact, I, my my phone's locked until eight a.m. at the minute. Yeah. Um, if yours is still nine, how do, if you like to give everyone an insight? What how do you feel that time before? Like, how do you choose to spend your time? So, I wake up at four. Yeah, uh, and I'm always pushing that boundary because uh, it's it's exactly what you said. Is I want to maximize my time because you know life and your time on this planet is limited, and I want to make the most of myself and I want to see what I can achieve in that time. So I even tried three thirty, and we'll see how that goes. But so what I do at the moment is I wake up and I jump on a treadmill for an hour. Um, so do I do my cardio 
what I've started doing recently with Business Warrior is on the treadmill, I write content because when I'm writing content, I'm actually in, in a flow state and the content just comes out of me. So I'm writing on my phone while I'm, I'm just walking on the treadmill. I'm not running. So I do that for an hour. Then I go to the gym for an hour. Uh, I come home about 6.30 and then I dress my daughter and I take her to nursery. And then I normally start work about 8, 8.30. Uh, but at the moment, it, it's all about what my what your priorities and values are. For me, staying fit and health is one of my important things. And and what I've done is I've linked my health with my creativity. So I'm on the treadmill and I'm writing content, and I'm like, boom, double whammy. I say that. Yeah. So yeah, and then after that, it's you know, forget, I, I write off the day because the rest is like you said, it's it's work, meetings, stuff happening to you rather than you you kind of uh, affecting other things you can but you know you, you just got to be realistic about what you want to achieve yeah definitely with you on that 100%. Yeah. so i just mentioned flow uh and you talk about wealth dynamics which is something that i've picked up uh, a lot now and that's why i'm working to in, in kind of business warrior now you're a creator on the wealth dynamics profile do you just want to explain what a creator is and and how you've kind of worked to your strengths yeah, so Wealth Dynamics is eight different profiles. Uh, so it's the same as Myers-Briggs, Disc Profiling, Domono Six Hats. There's loads of different profiles. And basically what it does is, in a crude sense, it puts you in a box and identifies you by your strengths, your weaknesses, your natural attributes, your whatever, energy levels. And to, to, to do it in the easiest sense for this, in this instance, Wealth Dynamics, the eight profiles, is broken into four energies and uh the four energies are dynamo which is you know the, the sort of diagram i was drawing in the air earlier is property entrepreneur dynamo is spring so i'm a dynamo i operate best in the spring uh blaze is summer um tempo is autumn and steel is winter and everyone will fit into one of those categories when you understand what category you're in it helps you to be in flow which is what you're talking about so i'm a dynamo i'm really good at getting things started, creating new ideas, head in the clouds. I'm very intuitive. I'll come up with creative ideas. I'll, I'm very high frequency. I get things at a very high level. I'm very dynamic. You know, they're my sort of skip, like skill sets. My, my, my weaknesses are things like uh, I've got a, a, lo a, a low attention to detail. My patience is very low. Um, I'm not a great finisher. I'm a much better starter. Um, I, I, I move too fast, so I don't have my ear to the ground. I'm not hugely sensory. I can miss things that are going on around me. And that's where I sort of operate. And my responsibility in the business really is, is driving it forward. And then I create the idea up here, send it to the Blazers, and then the Blazers scale the business. They do the sales. That's like our uh, national sales team and our head of sales. They go out and sort of scale the business, do all the sales. Tempo is more the service so it's more grounded ear to the ground and um, more in tune with the sensory element rolling your sleeves up and deal in the moment you know being more reactive keeping the business going and then winter is uh your detail so finance compliance operations processes all of that and when you understand what they are you start to just understand how other people work i'm going to sneeze in a second um you start to understand how other people work. You start to understand how to interact with other profiles. You start to be more respectful of why other people are how they are. When you have, uh, when you, when I was ignorant in the profiles, I thought everybody else should be like me. 
everybody else should be a million miles. You know, why is my bookkeeper not a million miles an hour getting excited about this stuff? It's because they're that's where the money's made. You know, up here's the revenue, down there's the profit. You need my creativity and head in the clouds and somebody else on the details to get that bottom line. There's loads of broke entrepreneurs out there, and the reality is that you know they don't have that focus in their business because they don't have the skill set themselves half the time, most of the time, depending on what profile entrepreneur they are. Yeah, and, and I think it comes down to self awareness. I think self awareness is one of my biggest strengths, and and I think you've nailed it really because it's that having the understanding of what you're good at, what you're not good at, and then delegating that to other people. Which which because I look at, I look at what you've done, and I can I can see you've mitigated your weaknesses so well. Uh, you know, one of the things you talk about is creators never finishing what they do. And, and I'm completely guilty of that. But the one thing you've, you've hammered home is don't start until it's finished. Uh, and even with Business Warrior, I really wanted to launch it um, when it was like half ready to go. And I was like, no, no, listen to what Dan said. Don't start it till it's finished. And this isn't going out. None of this is going out until it's all finished. Um, how did you manage to, to kind of get to the point where you, you curbed your weaknesses and you, you've made it a strength now? Yeah, so um, definitely like the art of delegation. You want to get to a point where you don't have any involvement in the day-to-day business. My involvement is, is very limited because the business to run, it doesn't need a dynamic entrepreneur. It needed it to start and it needed it a bit to systemize, but it doesn't need it to run. So like I, I make myself reasonably sort of redundant from those businesses, which, you know, works very well for everyone that's in it. And um, the concept of like don't start until it's finished is one of the biggest, one of the, the biggest danger to most entrepreneurs is they spend their life doing things that don't make money. And the hallmark of an entrepreneur really is you want to get to a point as an entrepreneur where you're earning a market rate salary for what you do. So if you're, a, if you're running a cafe, the market rates, if you were to employ someone to do your job, might be 25 grand a year. You need to make sure you're, you're being paid by that business that you own 25 grand a year for doing that job. So the hallmark of an entrepreneur is that you earn a salary and then at minimum, it pays you the same again in profit. So then the benefit there is you're doubling your money because you're taking on the risk of owning the business. A lot of entrepreneurs don't do that. They get the business to a point where it's paying them a salary to survive, but they've also got the risk of owning the business and the stress of owning the business. And they're taking it home with them and they've got personal guarantees on it. You want to you know, you get a salary and the same in profit as a minimum to, to, to become an entrepreneur. The first phase of don't start until it's finished is chuck it against the wall, see if it sticks. You know, do a few things, do a few podcasts, get them out there, see if people like them. You know, people say, what is it? Um, ready, shoot, aim. Is that ready, fire, aim? Yeah. Yeah, so it's basically like, just get out there and do it. I definitely agree there's legs in that. That's your proof of concept. Figure out if there's some legs in it. Do that, like test the proof of concept. But before you go... If you've done two HMOs and you think it's going to work, don't go and do 100 until you've really drilled down on what this is going to look like. Once you've done your first podcast and you've got them out and you got some feedback, that works really well, that didn't, you're listening to it yourself and you've got it nailed. It's like, right, that works, that doesn't, this is what we're going to build. And then you don't actually start scaling the business until it's finished. So Multilet UK, it's been, that's about four years old now. It's got uh, six or seven offices around the UK. can't remember exactly how many. Um, and the business model for that 
four years so four years on the brands changed the pricing has changed the um cost base has changed the team have changed everything in it has changed apart from the business model the business model was created at the beginning and it's the whole fundamental of the business making money the only thing that hasn't changed through that whole process is the business model and you want to have that cracked before you go out and actually build it and that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get it wrong you know 80 20 rule 80 percent of your profits coming from 20 percent of your business find that 20 percent and try and flip the switch you know how can you how can you turn that around and and get it more lucrative so yeah don't start until it's finished really adam goff who's our he's our host and now head of admissions on property entrepreneur he talks about revising like he when he was doing his uh, a levels i think it was he had five weeks to re- revise and after the first uh two days he went down and sort of said to his mum, oh look at this this is amazing she's like how's your revision going and, she, and he showed her a revision timetable for the next like four weeks and she was like you mean you've wasted two days putting a revision timetable together and haven't actually done any revision. But the reality is, what he's done there is he's actually created the whole plan, all of the detail, to make sure he's going to go all guns blazing, but he needs to be doing it effectively. And it's the same with your business. It's like, don't start the... You, you wouldn't build a, a building. You wouldn't build a, a building like this without a solid plan. A business has far more moving parts and more details to be considered. Why would you build a business with anything less? Well, literally, don't start it till it's finished. Get it absolutely nailed. And then go and scale it, and you'll never you'll never look back. Then, great advice, great advice. Uh, just before we move on to lessons learned, how have you used wealth dynamics to recruit in your business? Yeah, so it's part of our recruitment process. Um, all the different profiles have different. All the different roles that you want in your business will have different profiles. So, for example, a um, creator is not the easiest one. Creators are normally anything creative, like product designers marketers, artwork, illustrators, that sort of thing. Uh, if you want Blaze, so if you want a salesperson, that you want them to be Blaze. They love connecting with people. They're extroverted. They're high energy. You want them out tearing down trees. That'd be your salespeople. Tempos would be like your project managers, customer service, property managers, maintenance team, people who are out there, like the emergency services, in the thick of it, keeping this thing going day, on, day in, day out. And then your steals would be bookkeepers, solicitors, architects, um, administrators, credit controllers, new let administrators, PAs, all of those sort of things. So whatever position you're recruiting for, there's, there's a profile and you want to get as close to that as possible, really. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. And it's, it sounds like wealth dynamics, you, you've really, it's, it's influenced you quite a bit because if you're using it for recruitment, you've used it to kind of uh, change your team up you say it's a big part of how you run businesses yeah without a doubt like it's a big part of how yeah it's big, yeah definitely yeah big part of how how get involved in any of the businesses i was gonna say it's a big part of my life as well but it when you have this level of awareness and you i could profile most people now reasonably accurately when i meet somebody there's always obviously anomalies and people who are completely like chameleons but um you can normally realize how someone is and then it helps you to have a conversation with them you and i are talking fast-paced high energy intuitive some of the detail people will be sitting there thinking oh my god like well, these guys are you know the, the volumes eating my energy up slow down go into some detail you you know you nutty professors sort of thing like it's uh it helps you to learn how to communicate with other people and be more em- empathetic to people 
Yeah, I think I, that, I, I had that with my wife actually, Samira, because <laughs> Samira is a blaze energy, and um, when we used to be at home, there would be certain things that she had no interest in, and, and I'd get frustrated in it. But after wealth dynamics, I'm like. Now I understand she doesn't want to stay home. She gets her energy from people or she doesn't like this. It's not in her nature to do that. And it's just changed how I, my, my perspective of her and, and people in general. So it's not one for today, but there's a wealth dynamic set of cards. Sounds a bit sort of like woo-woo, but basically it's like, I don't know how many, 64 cards, I think. And it shows, it shows you how to communicate with every profile. So if you're a black, if, I, if I'm a blaze and you're a dynamo tell me how to communicate with you how to be you know all those sort of things so it's it, honestly it's so valuable it takes years to master but you can pick up the basics really quickly yeah okay awesome dan awesome all right dan you've got a wealth of knowledge in the in the business industry why don't we move on to the final phase and talk about your three top lessons learned from business i think that's going to be invaluable to our listeners yeah so first one would be um it the first one without a doubt is play the long game like in every capacity of your life and business play the long game um i've i've, I've been playing this game for a lo- and it's all a game the whole thing is a game like don't take it for anything more don't take it for anything less don't get caught up in the money and all that don't be blase with investment funds and stuff like that i'm not saying that i'm saying money like once you've got money and you're comfortable the there's a law of diminishing returns after that. You look for more, more things like personal growth and stuff like that, security, like all those sort of things. But play the long game. And I think I see a lot of people be very transactional in their businesses. So they make decisions on a daily or weekly basis based on, am I going to be able to screw this person for a bit more money? Or how can I get more money out of this one deal? Or this deal's gone tits up, I'm going to do whatever. It's like, well, that, that's fine. Um, that the long game is, is is infinite and I would say I'm playing the longest game there is so I, I'm always playing the long game I'm rolling okay right, we didn't make any money on, on this deal I'm going to roll over to the next one and carry on in good stead with this person because there's a bigger picture at the other end and you do that enough and it, um, it, it compounds like ridiculously so like I did uh, I've done a couple of deals with somebody who's now one of my business partners and that, that relationship probably took three or four years of being okay. Like it was okay. It made a bit of money. And then four years in, it's, it's a multi-million pound company. It's making like high, like high six-figure profits. It's like, it's an amazing position to be in, but it's only because I played the long game through the process. Um, my business partner in Manor House Development. So that's a 20 million pound joint venture between me and one of my business partners. And, uh, that was that. That took me five years of playing the long game. Five years of investing money, uh, p- doing work that I didn't get paid for, uh, putting some of my own money in, which I lost into like deals when we were learning how to do X, Y, Z. I was like, right, there is a bigger game at the end of this. And then when the bigger game came in, it was like, oh my god, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. So, play the long game. Like business is a long game. Do the right thing. Don't hurt too many people on your way. You know. Play the long game is definitely definitely probably the first one. Um, second one would be uh, the second one would be we've already talked about it. Success and failure very predictable. It's it's really really master what what does it take to get to where you want to be. 
find somebody who, who's done it, who knows it inside out. I'm a proper entrepreneur. We give everyone a, a step-by-step plan. And we say to them at the beginning, every single workshop you leave, you're going to read this and understand exactly what you've got to do. The reality is the execution is the hard bit. If you want to be fit and healthy, get a personal trainer. If you want to live a long time, get a nutritionist. If you want to be amazingly successful in business, get a mentor who can give you a blueprint to, to follow. Success and failure are very predictable. Find that blueprint. Get somebody else to give it that's proven, tested, flawless. Find that blueprint and then just execute relentlessly against it. And that's what we do. All of our businesses are built using the property entrepreneur methodology. All of the property entrepreneurs who build their businesses are built using the methodology. And it's not a coincidence that as of yet, like touch wood, none of those businesses have gone out of business. Every year they seem to be able to increase profits and achieve growth. And, uh, you know, all they're doing is following the same blueprint. So success and failure are very predictable and find out the plan and then execute relentlessly against it. And then the third one would be um, you get what you focus on. So you can achieve anything in your life. Like you can achieve absolutely anything, but you can't achieve everything. If your primary objective this quarter is to double the size of your business and you also want to do a body transformation, the reality is one of them is going to command more of your attention. 70, 20, 10. If you do 50, 50, you know, your growth will be half arsed. If you do 70, 20, 10, you'll get the best of both worlds. I've been trying to do my body transformation. I've been working on I've not been trying to do it. I've been working on it for probably six to nine months now and I've been getting very gradual results. I've got to a point now where my habits have got to a point where I'm on board with it I get it, it's effective, and I'm now ready to flick the switch. This quarter, my primary objective this quarter is health and fitness. It's doing my body transformation, stripping that last <clears throat> couple of kilo of fat off, getting that, that muscle mass up. And that's, you know, that is my primary objective now. Um, and that is what I'll achieve. You know, you get what you focus on. You can't have your cake and eat it. Whatever's, whatever you need to achieve in your business, whatever's going on, get, get it focused, get it right. And that is what you'll achieve. Like if you go PPN UK doubled in size every year for five years, and what we wanted was revenue, land grabbing, we wanted market share, and we achieved that. But what it did was it crippled the bottom line because you're making mistakes, you're growing too quick, you're recruiting the wrong people, you're making mistakes, it's costing you money. We then got to year six and we said, right, well, this year we get what you focus on. We're not focusing on revenue and land grab, we're focusing on bottom line time. And revenue actually reduced during that 12 months, but profit went up like over 30%. The reason there is you get what you focus on, and we were focusing on profitability. So for the first time ever, that was our primary focus, and all of a sudden, you know, the bottom line started to increase. So, yeah, you get what you focus on, choose wisely. Be very, very strategic about what you choose, and then without exception, lock into it, get your execution down, fire off your discipline, and just smash it out of the park. Those are some great, great lessons learned. And I'm, I'm a big, big believer of standing on the shoulder of giants and, and listening to other people's lessons learned and uh, trying to make sure I don't make the same myself. And I'm sure our listeners will be thinking the same. Um, Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. How can our listeners find you if they want to get hold of you? Uh, follow me on Facebook. So Daniel Hill, there'll be a picture of me probably speaking. Um, follow me on Facebook, Daniel Hill, or follow me on Instagram, which is Property Entrepreneur. Um, that's the best way check out ppn.co.uk if you want to check out any of our companies and 
yeah, I wish everyone the very best of luck. Yeah. And um, just just one final thing to say is I've been on the Property Entrepreneur uh, program. Uh, I can say it's changed my life. And uh, if you are in property, uh, even if you're not in property, I don't know if you do take people who are not in property who are in business. I think it is so much to learn just from a business perspective that uh, you could really do with it. So uh, I would recommend that highly. And you can find out more about that with, uh, I'll put a link in the podcast. Yeah, um, check out the Property Entrepreneur website. I'll go online. It's been oversubscribed every year for six years. Honestly, it's like, it's just a blueprint. Like, I do it the same time as all of you. Like, you and I did it together, you know. I said, yeah. like, Akash, this month, you go and do this. I'm going to go and do it on my business. Then let's come back and compare notes. It's not some academic thing that we've plucked off the shelf. This is like a unique, tried and tested blueprint. You've just got to figure out how to execute. So I appreciate the... Uh, the confidence box tick, box tick them. Yeah, recommend any of your listeners get involved. It's a, it's a great program. Yeah, brilliant. Highly recommended. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and yeah, I wish you uh, I wish you all the very best with your, your future ventures and, and a good weekend, buddy. Uh, very good. It's good to catch up. All the best, Akash. Take care. Cheers. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening to the Business Warrior podcast. If you liked it, click subscribe or share and we look forward to seeing you next time.